the Obed-Edom blessing. The Obed-Edom blessing. Somebody say the Obed-Edom blessing. One, 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 once again, say the Obed-Edom blessing. Second Samuel chapter 6. I want to focus on verses 11 and 12. Um, and then we'll go back and look at a few things in the preceding verses. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11 and verse 12. Amen. Are you, are you there? Um, if you are around um, Hebrews in your Bible, you are lost. You need to find your way back to the Old Testament. Can we read it together, please? It's on the screen. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. Um, this is where the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, was brought into the house of a man called Obed-Edom. Um, we are told of the subsequent happenings after that the ark has been deposited in his home. However, Many things happened prior to even the decision to bring the ark into Obed-Edom's house. Amen. Several centuries before, the Philistines captured the ark. They took it to their own city, their own place, and placed the ark in their temple of their God. Unfortunately for them, they didn't know what they were dealing with and the power inherent in the ark of God, that as soon as they placed it in their temple, the Bible says the statue of their God was made to break and lie prostrate before the ark of the covenant. Because God just shook himself a little to show them that all power belongs to him and there is none that can compare with him. And so the ark was in their temple, and yet everything in their temple was made subject to the power and the presence that the ark contained. Are you with me now? And so the Philistines were, after that, they were even struck with sores. And they came to a place they were afraid. They were scared. They, they, they didn't even want to have it with them anymore. The ark found its way into the house of Abinadab. When you read from verse 3 of 6, Please put it up. Second Samuel 6. Let's say from verse 3. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab. That was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. 
And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fire wood, even on harps and on all sow trees, on sow trees and on timbrels and uh, on cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah, somebody say Uzzah. Please shout Uzzah. Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him and there for his, him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Nine. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into his city. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. This is the circumstance around which the ark of the covenant landed in Obed-Edom's house. The Bible says they were moving it from Abinadab's house to the city of David. Now, they placed the Ark of the Covenant on a cart. A cart is driven by oxen. And so, they, they positioned it on the, on the cart to be driven by the oxen to the city of David. First error. Scripture has said that the only way and manner in which the Ark should be carried is by poles, specially made, specially designed poles, which are to be carried on the shoulders of priests. Are you with me now? So, that, that is it. The poles are like these. They are placed in the ark, and uh, you would have four priests, two in front, two at the back. And they are supposed to carry the ark of the covenant. By seeking convenience and defying the word of the Lord, they had opened themselves up to receive the consequences of their disobedience. And so you will think that, but Uzzah was doing the right thing. The ark was falling down, and, and Uzzah wanted to just support the ark. But the Lord had already said that you don't carry the ark of the covenant on oxen or on carts, however convenient it may sound to you. You carry it by having priests from the Levitical order carry it on their shoulders, wherever you want to carry the ark to. There are many things in life which causes men to seek convenience instead of the word or the will of God. Whenever you disobey the Lord and pursue your own conveniences and pleasures in life, hear me and hear me good. It comes with consequences. Even if you don't see them today, the consequences will arise someday. Are you with me now? There are many things that you will pursue in, in, in because you feel they are convenient today. But if you defy God's word, you, you would have yourself to blame. The priests were supposed to hold it. And so when the oxen shook and the ark was falling, Uzzah, out of the goodness of his heart, wanted to support it with his hand. And the question is, was he also part of the Levitical order? He was not. He held it and the Bible said the anger of the Lord came upon him. Because if you had listened to me from the beginning and had had priests carried from the beginning, there will be no oxen shaking for the thing to fall in the first place for you to come and hold it with your hand. Are you with me now? And so Uzzah was struck. He died right there in their presence. And, 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 and immediately the fear of the Lord and the fear of the, of the ark of the covenant fell on everybody. 
David, who had gone to pick their thing, that they were taking it to the city of David, he himself, Bible says, he was afraid and he was displeased of God for what God had done. And so he decided that this thing that has started killing people now, I don't want it anywhere near me. I don't want it around me. Find the nearest house around and dump it there. Hello? Find the, the closest. Because, you see, Obedidom was a, was a nobody. He was no significant figure. He was not a priest. He was not one of the nobles. He was not a royal. He didn't have money. He wasn't, he wasn't, there was nothing peculiarly special about him. Absolutely not. So, just as a way of, of, of finding somewhere to put the ark so that everybody can have peace, they found the house of Obedidom and dropped it there. What they did not know, the first thing I needed to understand about the Obedidom blessing was that it had the ability to turn the evil thoughts and intentions of men to good. For them, they were, they were working evil against him. The thing that is killing people, why do you take it to someone else's house that you, you don't want it? You want somebody else to face the consequences. They carried it and they took it to Obedidom's house. They meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good for the house of Obedidom. There are some of you, I see that dimension of blessing coming to you where people have schemed and people have plotted and people have planned many things and they thought that as for this one, it's a scheme to bring you down and it is, it is a scheme to end you. But I came to tell you prophetically that God will turn their evil around and cause it to bless you. Somebody shout yes. yes. If if they knew that this thing would turn around and be a blessing for the house of Obedidom, they would not have taken it there in the first place. They thought that it was killing people, so let's just go and dump it there. Maybe to kill them as well. Hello? Listen, it, it is just like the story of Joseph. They sold him into slavery thinking that that was his end. They sold him away thinking that it is finished with him. But by selling him, they had just set him up to become what God had originally planned for him. Had they not sold him, he wouldn't have become it. Had they not taken the Ark of the Covenant into the house of Obedidom, we would not have heard of him in scripture. There is something unique about the enemy's attack on your life that within that attack, there is a plan of the Lord to bring elevation your way. And I see seven people here who look like they are going through stuff. But it is not to shame you at all. It is orchestrated by God. Even though it, it is sponsored by the enemy, it will bring you to a place of glory and a place of elevation. They meant it for evil, but God is turning it around for your good. They meant that sickness for evil, but the Lord is turning it around for your good. They meant that rejection letter for evil, but I see God turning it around for your good. They meant that relationship issue for evil, but within it, God is turning it around for your good. They meant that B you got in that exam for evil, but I see that it is turning around for your good. Tell somebody it is turning around for my good. The first thing you need to understand about the Obedidom blessing that it turns evil around for good. Evil around for good. Have you encountered evil before? Have people schemed against you before? Because think about it. King David. King, look, find, look for a museum and go and put it there. Oh. Look for somebody's farm. The temple is there now. Or look for a farm. Or a shed. But the thing is killing people. Just, no, 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 this thing I don't want. You take it to that guy's house. And yet, see how God turns it around. See, without the Ark of the Covenant entering his house, he would have been a nobody. We wouldn't have ever heard of him in Scripture. Nothing. Nothing special about him. Number two, 
you need, thing you need to understand. Look at it. Verse 11. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. All his household. All. Somebody say all. Second thing you need to understand is that it took only three months for a turnaround. Three months. Total and complete turnaround. Three months. Which means I don't need one year. Three months is enough. When the presence of God rests in your home, three months is enough. When God himself visits your situation, three, he doesn't need two years. He doesn't need a decade. He doesn't need a generation. He doesn't need a century to bring ten around. Three months is enough. Three months is enough. Some of you, you've gone through that thing for so long, but I came to tell you that Obedidon blessing is coming and three months is all you need. Three months is enough to cause things to turn around. Listen, in the first quarter of 2021, I see a prophetically a release of a strange blessing in somebody's house January, February, March you can write it down it is a prophecy, pursue it listen carefully, in the first three months of 2021, strange miracles strange testimonies strange uh, blessings are falling on, on people's household somebody shout, I am one of them three months three months now, now think about it even if you get a job a new job, and it pays you well. Mm? It pays you well. What significant thing can you accomplish in three months? Three months. Even if you get a good job. This is the kind of blessing that is beyond getting a good job. You didn't hear me now. Three months. Significant. Total. It says, not only him, his whole household. Everybody connected to him. Made servants. Handmaids. Chickens. Rats. Oh, if... Have you seen the poor man's rat before? And the rich man's rat? They are not the same. The poor man doesn't even have enough. Now we your scraps. The rich man has so much that even when the rat is eating some, he's not bothered. So the, the rich man's rats are, are fat. The blessing of the rats in a rich man's house. He says his entire household in three months, everything, spoons blessed, chairs blessed, shirts blessed, everything. Everything. Some of you, I see that dimension coming. Everything in your house is going to be blessed. Somebody shout yes. Number three. Number three. Number three. This is this is tangible blessings. Number three. This is not, you know, I, I, I am blessed with the peace of God. That's a blessing, but we can't see it. I'm blessed with the favor of God. It's a blessing. You can't dispute it, but we can't see it. And the Bible says that this one was tangible. How do I know? Verse 12. 2 Samuel 6, 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertains to him. It was told. So people even saw the kind of blessing. Obed-Edom, we know you. We know where you are coming from. 
we have been here with you all this while. Suddenly, something within the past three months, it's like every time you go out, you are bringing a new car. Every time, it's like there's something new happening. Every time, something else is happening. King David, what have you done to this man that since you came and you left, his story has changed and everything around him is different. They saw, it was evident, it was clear. It was not the kind of blessing that is intangible. And this is the dimension of the Obedidom blessing. I pray for you that as we push into the new year, may this kind of blessing find you that which is tangible that which is credible that which is evident that which is clear for all eyes to see you don't have to explain you don't have to talk long about it you don't have to debate you don't have to argue all men will see it now listen carefully the bible says it was not Obedidom who went to tell king david or told anybody people around him saw it and they told king david there are people around you who saw you when you had nothing those same people are about to see you when you have something there are people around you who saw you while you were sick. They are about to see you in your days of healing. There are people who saw you when you were not married. They are about to see you in your days of marriage. Those same people who saw you when you were struggling are about to see you as you walk into the Obedidom dimension of blessing. Somebody shout, that is my story. Yeah. It, is, it is evident. Tofu, Cleo. Cleo. One Nantia, then suddenly you are driving. Nobody is coming to argue. Nobody is coming to ask. It is clear we can see. One nama, then suddenly you are married. It is no, we can't argue about this one. It is clear for all eyes to see. Oh nama, and then suddenly your twins have come. It is not a place for argument. It is all eyes can see it. Some of you, that is what your story is going to be like. You have worked in a certain dimension, a certain realm of operation in life. And people are used to you in that realm. And suddenly the blessing of Obedidon comes. And it picks you from that dimension to another dimension. And they see you walking in another realm. That is how your story is going to become. Without struggle, without pain, without hurt, without having to cut corners. God himself is picking you and, and, and establishing you in that place. Somebody shout yes. It is a tangible blessing. Somebody say tangible. Number four. It is transgenerational. Mm, mm, mm. It is what? Transgenerational. It is it's beyond one generation. It goes to children and their children's children. Now, now watch this. First Chronicles 26. First Chronicles 26. Transgenerational. Transgenerational. Now, if you, when you go back, Read from verse 25 of First Chronicles and read it forward to get here. It says, Concerning the divisions of the porters of the Kohites, Meshalemiah, the son of Kore, and the sons of Asaph. Now, what it's doing is it is listing generations of people. It is listing families. And these families were gatekeepers in the temple. Are you with me now? Now, if you read all of them, you will see the highest is maybe 12 children. With 12 generations of them, 12 children. You will see, the highest you will find is 18. From 1 Chronicles 25, the highest you will find is 18. Now go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. All these of the sons of Obedidom, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were how many? Three score and two. What is three score? 60, because the score is 20. 
So 1 score is 20, 2 score is 40, 3 score is 60, and 2, which means 62. Whilst every other family is 18, and 12, and 10, and 5, and 18, and 2, and 7, Obedidom family, as a result of the act coming to his home, suddenly they have been multiplied to a dimension where there are 62 generations of people serving in the temple. 62. Transgenerational. It goes beyond just one generation. That, that is the kind of blessing where you are long gone, but your great-grandchildren remember that a, fa one, a father existed. My father's father's father, my mother's mother's mother lived. And I hear in her time, she walked with the Lord and she was blessed. That is going to be your story. That your children's children's children will say that I know and I've heard of a certain great-great-great-grandmother of mine, great-great-great-grandfather of mine, who walked with the Lord and was blessed. And all that I have is as a result of that blessing. Somebody say the Obedidon blessing. Psalm 37, 24. It is transgenerational. Wow. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholded him with his hand. Next. I have been young. Now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. It is impossible. When that kind of blessing comes, you won't beg. Your seed won't beg. Your seed seed won't beg. Because a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Some of you, what you are pursuing today, it will speak in generations yet unborn. You didn't hear me. I said it will speak in generations yet unborn. Somebody shout yes. Transgenerational blessing. If we had some, some ancestors of ours who had, had this encounter with God, God won't be here by now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you can't feel the generations that are coming after you. You cannot. You cannot. Look at Obedidom. In, in spite of the risks, he says, no, I, I would still rather have the presence of God with me. Now watch it. You know, the ark was taken from Abinadab's house. And it landed in Obed-Edom's house. We are not told what it did in Abinadab's house. Nothing. In fact, if you study scripture carefully, it stayed in Abinadab's house for almost a century. Almost a century. No consequence. No change. No impact. Nothing. Then it goes into somebody else's house for three months. And we are seeing blessings. The fault is not the ark. The fault is the recipient of the ark. And the mindset and the heart with which they used to receive the ark. That is why we can all be in church right now. And some are receiving testimonies, some are not. The problem is not the grace on the house. The problem is the heart with which people... I, I don't know if you are hearing what I'm saying. I don't know if you are hearing. I don't know if you are hearing. Are you with me now? I, I am speaking prophetically to some people that after this morning, a certain dimension of blessing is being released. If your heart is receiving it right, you will see it manifest without struggle. Somebody said, that is my story. You don't want to be like the Abinadabs of this world. Because you, are even, you even had the act for longer, century. Nothing has changed. The act has become dormant and ineffectual in this house. Nobody is dying. Nobody is being blessed either. It, it is just the like something from the museum days, you know, it's just there. 
of, of no consequence, of no value. Is there. They just knew that it, it, it had the potential to carry power, but we are not seeing anything. They just knew that this thing, but nothing. It goes, what did Obedidom do? How did he receive it? How did he, did he value it? Yeah. The presence. In your own home, what kind of presence is really? Because it is impossible for the presence of the Lord to rest in a home and not produce results. Then the problem is not the present, the problem is you. The Obed Edom blessing. Transgenerational. Number number five. It made an unknown man become known. Number five. It made an unknown man to become known. To become a gatekeeper whose generations transcends everybody else. To have his name etched in the annals of scripture. Just one encounter. The blessing is released and now we know a man lived and was blessed. May our lives encounter a certain blessing where your name is known. There are certain men in this country the only reason we give them audience is because they have money. Not because they are wise. Are are you with me? (laughs) There are many men in this country the only reason we give them audience is because they have money, not because they are wives. The only reason certain people will keep winning political position is not because they are wives, because they have money. It has a way of lifting somebody who is unknown to make the person known. It has a way of raising somebody who can't even speak English and give the person audacity. And you with your degree in English, I feel like going there. Are you with me now? The open Edom blessing. May you become known. Oh, may you become known. See, when, when, when a family has an issue, they only call people who have answers to the questions the issue is asking. If somebody dies, they tell a certain group of people first in their family. Because in their minds, these guys have something to release in the event we want to have the funeral. The others who are coming to participate and not contribute, who are coming to spectate, and not contribute, they are put at the back bench. They don't, they don't even remember them. Sometimes the way they even talk to you. They are, yet there are others who, when there's an issue, until they come, the, the meeting cannot even start. Everybody will sit and wait for them to arrive. Makes an unknown man know. An unknown man. See, if people are not treating you right, 
The only answer is to succeed. The only is not to argue. Argument doesn't solve any problem. The only answer to people who look down on you is to do well in life. Simple. The reason they are looking down on you is perhaps because you are down. Mm. If your dimension changes and, and it will ultimately affect their perspective of you, they won't have an, an option but to look up to you. When you think. I see people going to do well. 2021, I said you will do well in the name of Jesus. You will become known for something. In your industry, you become known. If they are looking for, for that kind of nurse, may you be the one. They are looking for that kind of businessman, may you be the one. They are looking for that kind of banker, may you be the one. That kind of doctor, may you be the one. They are looking for that kind of, of entrepreneur, that kind of construction guru, that kind of, of, of contractor. May you be the one that they are looking for. Somebody shout, that is my story. Finally, number six. Number six. The presence produced results. The presence produced results. Now, listen carefully. So, Obedidom didn't pray. Did you see Obedidom prayed? Did you see? No. We are not told anywhere that he prayed special kinds of prayers that other people were not praying. No. The presence was the only difference. The presence. When they brought the ark to his house. Listen carefully. Thank God that in our generation, we don't have to fashion an, an, an ark made of box and carry it around. If we did, we would have an issue. Because where would they spend this week and where would they spend next week? In whose house? Your house first. Then whose house next? If it starts from your house, within three years, you wouldn't have come back. Because it's still going from house to house. And when God knew that the, the imperfection of that process had to be made perfect by Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And he said, do you not know that you are bought at a price? Do you not know that he occupies your being, your body, the temple? So now we are carriers of the presence. Which means I am superior to the ark that was in Obedidom's house. Which means you are superior. You are not hearing me. You are superior to the ark that was in Obedidom's house. Because now you are the carrier of that presence. Uh, but the problem is that people are either not activating the presence or are substituting the presence for other things. And so the work that the presence of the Lord is supposed to do in their lives, they are missing out because left leg is in the presence, right leg is in something else. And the person wants to enjoy both worlds. But for those that will stand purely in the presence and in the grace that flows from that presence, there are things you don't even have to pray about. There are things you don't even have to pray about. Because if somebody works and throws an arrow in the spirit to, to kill you and you are in the presence, think about it. It's impossible. The reason it, it, it may scrape you is your standing is faulty. Ujinabe. Eh, faulty. Hallelujah. But the presence produced results. You see, Everybody has a presence around them. 
question is, what presence? There is an aroma about everybody. There's an aroma about everybody. There are people, when you meet them, you just know that they have a sweet personality. It's a presence. There are people, you meet them, they are, they are too argumentative for you. It's a presence. There are, people, there, there are people that when you meet them, they, there's an aroma and a presence of lust around them. L-U-S-T. It's a presence. That's how come every man that sees you wants to sleep with you. Uh, I, I want to go there. What presence is around you? What aroma is around you that is attracting what kind of men? Yeah. Don't think that everybody is going through it, number one. Don't think that it is like that for every lady, first of all. Number two, don't also think that because you are more beautiful than everybody in the world. That is how the enemy tricks them. So they think that, oh, I'm offended here. What? What presence, what aroma is around? There are some, there's, you can carry a presence in the spirit that nobody will want to help you. Because in the spirit, it is a repugnant presence that is around you. That they can promise you, but they won't come through for you. That it can be the time for promotion, nobody will mind you. And you haven't said anything to anybody. You haven't, and yet, what kind of presence? When the presence of God reigns in, around you. There are things you don't struggle for. I've told you before, I remember those days I was working as a relationship manager, priority. So they will come, the, the, the boss too was very, very hot-headed. She would blast everybody, give it to everybody. When you told your children you are coming to work, is this what you told them you are coming to do? Hey, when you dressed up in the morning and you did your makeup and you entered the car and you were coming, so this is all the reason why you left home. You should have slept. Firing people. Eh? Your, 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 uh, your numbers. Your figures. What? Are you serious? Is this what we are paying you for? Everybody. So every time there is, there is such a meeting, people are afraid. People are scared. Blast things. Left, right, center. By the time the meeting is over, you feel like half a human being. Like a, a, a virtue has left you. Something has left your system. So, when you are, your family members too think that you are a bank manager. If you know when you are wearing your suit and you are going, Abba, what's your fans? Hallelujah. And she will blast and blast. And when she gets to my turn, she look at my face, take a deep breath. So, they are so full. Whether I have or not, me what I have, I'll say it. She will skip me, go to the next person, keep firing. Yeah. She, she has, see, it's like there's a certain presence. She has to be careful how she enters. What kind of presence are you creating around you? These these things I'm telling you are are spiritual truths, mysteries, and realities. Don't take them for granted. How is it that there are certain ladies, no matter what, 
guys see them as bed mates and nothing else. Are you with me now? There are some others too. It's only married men that come after them. They want to marry all right, but it's only married men. Presence. They have presence. And they all around you. So, there are some married men too. It's only a certain type of ladies that come around them all the time. Silly queens. Presence. Elsa, oh, fine boy. Yeah, did you walk home? I'll take care of you. What kind of presents? There are presents that even if you don't have money, people see you and they think you are so rich. Have you had that experience before? Yeah. You see, that must tell you something. Listen, that is, an, that is an, a window into the potentials that is within you. Yeah. There is a presence that you carry. They, can, they don't know how, but they can all sense that presence. And that is why they see you beyond what you physically are. And they address you according to what you carry. And so, though physically you don't have anything, it's as if everybody sees you and they say, this, you have, oh, give me something. You, but you know, you now you know that if somebody gives you, you take. <laughs> presence produces resolve. Presence. What presence? When the Spirit of God, the presence of the Lord is with you, oh God. That's what gave David audacity. You see Goliath, and everybody else is afraid, but you are dwelling in a realm. That gives you so much confidence. And you have seen him naked because he says, this is um, an uncircumcised Philist. How does he know? You have been stripped in the spirit. You have been stripped in the spirit that he has become naked in the spirit. Ah, this one, this one. He's a nobody. He's going nowhere. We have finished it. There's a presence around everybody. Everybody. Whoever... There are people who can contaminate presence too. See, someday you are fasting. Then somebody will come and provoke you. After this play, they remember, oh, send me cry and I'm fasting. Presence produces. Listen, if you can walk under the right atmosphere, there are things you won't have to pray so hard about. I'm telling you. There are things you don't have to pray so hard about. There are some declarations I make in the prophetic where I make them sometimes based on where I know I'm standing. It's a declaration based on where I'm standing. Case closed. And after making them, I won't go and fight over it anymore. Because I, I am convinced from the perspective that I said that it's happening. Sometimes my pastors come and ask me, where do you get these, this prophetic kahunas from? The prophetic audacity. We're dealing with an issue. Somebody had an issue which could have resulted in her termination at work. And they're going to have a hearing of sorts. And they did not, And I said, listen, God said, when you go, relax, drink water, chill. Don't go and display. 
after that they have done that go home and sleep then they finish the hearing say well you know it's okay everything is we understand everything is crap there is no consequence on you on your file on your future in the bank everything is, is gone he said hey. and this was before when when they came first and they wrote their first letter the person said i want to go and appeal i said no you won't appeal leave it as it is that's when my pastors came where do you get this audacity from? so the way you are saying you should if she doesn't appeal and they terminate her what are you going to do they won't do shilling. They can't do shilling. I said she won't appeal. Nothing will happen. And according to what God said, exactly, we didn't have to fight hard about it because in a certain dimension, certain presence, you don't struggle for things. Listen, that is why you must not joke with anybody who wants to contaminate your presence. Like a mindless chicken. Like Momo by some electricity vibrations are going through your system. Your chocho mucho. By the time you finish, you tend to choco milo. Want to pray? Lift up your right hand. You are declaring the blessings of Obedidon over your life, over your home over your family please lift up your voice begin to pray lift up your voice lift up your voice lebra so inimi hados manda dada basha nato silima hanos lebro zade libara baba you are praying over your life over your own life Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for your presence that produces results. Hey! Let there be a release of the blessings of Obed Edom over the lives of everybody here this morning. Let there be a release. You're praying for yourself now. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give it glory. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Obed Edom kind of blessing. I speak over everybody that 2021 will be a year full of pleasant surprises. In spite of what would happen all around, May we flourish and may we do well. I declare transgenerational blessings over your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that which is tangible, that which is clearly evident for all to see, that within record time, lives will be transformed and destinies realigned according to your will. I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I call it done. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.